Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to the Ring the Bell podcast. The Padres have officially played their first spring training game. Gentlemen, how are we doing? I thought they were going to come back and pull it off in the bottom of the ninth. Well, hold on. Let's address this brand new layout that we have for all of the viewers here. Props to our, our boy, Tori, and, of course, Hog, you crushed it. Uh, and Heath, great setup back there in Oklahoma as well. Yeah, I'm on our little road trip. Uh, my son... Uh drove like six hours to go watch him play against uh, Oklahoma college. So it's the closest I can get to driving without flying. So I'm in a wonderful hotel right now. So yeah. yeah. Well, speaking it of flying, uh, Jackson Merrill, the kid shortstop, I think he's 19 years old, went three for three in his debut as a Padre in spring training. Look, I know it's spring training, but that's impressive. It's impressive just because one, the age and two, it didn't matter that, you know, you know, spring training, the first two pitchers are pretty much big league guys. The rest of the guys are trying to make the team. But here's the thing. Those guys trying to make the team are ready to go, throwing all their pitches. And he goes out there and goes three for three in basically the second half of the game. So that's it's it's impressive. It really it is. It really I mean, is. You, you have to think about all the aspects. Me as a if I was there still playing, I'd be that's impressive, even though it's you wouldn't say well it's not big league pitching these guys are trying to make the team and they're ready to go when you're or young you come into spring training with your curveball ready your changeup ready your fastball hitting spots you're not working on things you're ready to go to make a team and for him to get three hits right off the bat it's very impressive this this kid is 19 years of age and i remember a lot of people were crushed when the padres traded robert hassel in that deal for juan soto and now it looks like they made the right decision, right? Parting ways with Hassel and keeping Jackson Merrill because this kid's a top 10 prospect in the game now. He's super mature when he talks to the media. And listen, obviously he's not going to make the big league club, but it seems like he could be on that accelerated track, you know, especially with Eggy Rosario getting hurt. And what do you know? Bob Melvin rewards him with a start tomorrow uh, against the White Sox. And, you know, guys, especially with a lot of players going away for WBC, Jackson Merrill is going to get some really, really viable playing time. And this guy, I, th I think, can just absolutely shoot up the minor leagues. Yeah, and I think some of the things that I'm looking at now is that our insurance policy for the infield just gets stronger and stronger as the days go on, right? If Manny Machado, I'm sure we'll get into this at some point in the show, if he actually does decide to opt out, then look, you have Bogarts, you have Tatis, you have Kim, you have Cronenworth, and all of a sudden you have Jackson Merrill coming up as well. So it's already a pretty crowded infield, but look, this is a 
you know, a bunch of riches here that we're reaping the benefits of, which I love. I'm not I think it's uh it it's a good thing. I mean, just like what you said, Nick, um in insurance, you know, it's one of those things that here here's the thing. A lot of guys are leaving for WBC. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna give a lot of guys opportunities to basically impress the organization, depress the manager. And they're going to get in there a little bit more consistently than they would normally if guys weren't there. And maybe, you know, maybe we'll move him over to third, see how he does. Maybe we'll move him over here. Maybe we'll move him over there and see how he reacts. And can he still hit the ball and play different positions? You never know. Especially what you look for with these younger guys, right, is is the moment too big. And, and with this kid, I think it's a, a big benefit being with – you know, veteran potential Hall of Fame big leaguers and Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, learning from those guys in the infield, you know, so many young prospects would kill to have that opportunity. So Jackson Merrill's got that luxury working with guys like that and and the sky's the limit, especially just being 19 years old. And I know we had mentioned, right, a lot of players going to WBC. One who just elected to opt in is Nick Martinez, who will be pitching against Mexico in a few weeks for Team USA. So that's what Bob Melvin does. He starts Nick Martinez on the mound today, goes two innings, three hits, four strikeouts. This is a guy, I think, who's solidified himself as the number four starter for the San Diego Padres. Talk about Nick Martinez, guys. He's just an absolute bulldog on the mound. Well, I mean, he started out the started out spring training just throwing strikes and just basically where he left off last year. So I, I think it's I think he's earned that spot to be a starter. I think he's going to be one of our most consistent consistent guys, and he's going to be one of those unsung heroes at the end of the year that nobody's really talking about. That if we didn't have him, we're not going to win the division without him. So I'm excited to see him pitch really well. Now go to the WBC, win it for the U.S., and then you know, come back to the pods and let's go win the division. Yeah. He's a fiery player. And look, he's one of those guys where I think if, you know, he's on your team, you're glad he's on your team because you don't want to face him. And look, he hasn't had the most amazing career in the past, but I think he's rewriting it right now. And, you know, he's getting all the love and all the attention and, you know, Bob going with him as the first starter of spring training, you know, speaks volumes to the kind of player he is. Um, I kind of love, the type of manager Bob is yeah. of how he rewards players and how he really takes care of guys and really thinks things, things out, like giving Merrill the start tomorrow. Right. And talking about, you know, guys like just rewarding these guys, you know, at the end of the day. And I think that that goes a long way with the locker room, right? Heath. Yeah. I mean, Melvin is one of those managers that guys love to play for because of the reasons that you're saying, because it's not like, well, you know, our best pitchers, Darvish or, you know, homegrown, you know, whoever it's like, no, you're going to the WBC, you know, Nick, go out there, get some innings and, you know, we'll see you later. I mean, he rewards young guys, re- rewards veterans, talks to people and has communications with all the guys. And when you play with a manager that basically talks to you and you believe what he's saying and he's very truthful as in, Hey, we, I need a day off because this guy need to play or, I'm going to start this guy, or this is how I'm going to start the rotation because of this reason. You kind of go, okay, because I want to win here. And, and you feel like that's the best way to go. And you're my leader as the manager, you're supposed to be the team leader and inspire everybody. And I think he does that. And you have to do that with, you know, truth and talking to the guys and not just being the guy that sits in, you know, the coaches rooms and hangs out. I mean, go out in the locker room, talk to guys, communicate, you know, high five when they're doing good, pat them on the back when they're not doing well. And, it, it goes a long way to respect a manager like that and have a guy like that in your locker room that you can trust. 
Yeah. Like I've always said, trust is a huge thing between the manager and players. Yeah. And with, with Nick Martinez too, it, it reminded me, I, I digressed a little bit, but his energy, just the crowd, watching the crowd today of, of, a, of a first spring training game, Friday in Peoria, everyone standing up watching the Padres trying to rally it. It's spring training. I mean, it just, mm. it just goes to show you the kind of energy that it's going to be when these games actually matter. So, um, it was insane. You guys see the energy was absurd for a spring. Oh, yeah. tra- it, we're, it's February 24th. I've never seen a first spring training game against the Padres in Seattle. That was <laughs> that many fans that into it. So many. I mean, there's get people there like Padre fans or Seattle. No, they was like full and they were into the game and they were excited. Both yeah. clubs, both fans. So it was, man, it, it, it kind of, I was jealous a little bit. I'm like, I want to be out there. So Yeah. yeah it was cool because we were the first, game at all in major league baseball yeah. like this new pitch clock that we're about to talk about right here mm-hmm. for the first team nick martinez is the is the first you know player to use the pitch clock and uh you know manny Sounds machado like is the first to get a strike exactly so two hours kind of, 29 kind of minutes historical. it's historical like, do you guys like it Let, let's talk about it I have a two hour 29 minute game we'll talk about machado and the violation but I think for the game of baseball, obviously we'll see how pitchers can endure it with stamina. You know, Darvish is going out for the seventh inning, but I th- it looks really good initially. Yeah, I personally don't mind it. Um, you know, I've I've talked to people about you know what's it going to do to pitchers in terms of like throwing off their groove because they're used to taking a lot of time, like you know. David Price is one of those guys. I think he takes forever, right? And like, obviously, he's coming out of the league, but there are guys out there that take way too much time. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust to all that. Um, injuries is another thing as well, right? Like working yourself too hard when like it's thrown off your groove and, you know, you can't really reset your body um, because you've been used to pitching a certain way your whole life. But look, I, I like the speed of play, I like getting, you know, more things rolling faster. The one thing that I selfishly like just I'm thinking about is when I go to a game, I don't want to go to a game for two hours, two and a half hours. You know, I want to be there for like three hours, three and a half hours, you know, like when I'm actually in the stands. Well, you know, the pitch clock, I don't mind it. I was a fast pitcher, but really when you're pitching out there and you're in a groove, I would say every pitcher except for maybe like Steve Traxel and David Price. They were the human rain delays. When they were in their groove, it was going to be a three or four hour game. But just about everybody when they're pitching, you kind of have this, you know, you get up on the mound, you, you look at your pitch, and then you go. And, you know, I think 15, 20 seconds is fine. I'm not a big fan of, you know, you're only allowed to pick so many times. We'll talk about that later or whatnot. But the pitch count, I feel like is good. The hitters, sometimes you get up, the pitcher would get up. And it's like the hitters taking all the time in the world. And it's like, dude, come on, let's go, you know, but then, then if a hitter did that, then the pitcher would take a little bit more time. It's like, you want to make me wait? I'll make you wait. This pitch clock, it's not going to be able to do that. You got to get in there. You got to get ready for the pitch. The pitcher's got to get the sign. Let's go. The catcher can't look over the dugout, figure out what pitch he wants to throw. You guys got to be on the same page. So I like the pitch clock. I think it's fine. It just tells the young guys don't take forever to get out there. The only problem I will see that we will see is young guys or guys when they're struggling and they're giving up hits or there's a couple layers behind them. That's usually when you're on the mound and you're like, okay, I got to slow things down because everything's going so fast. I got to slow it down and you're going to get a strike against you mm-hmm. or, you know, whatnot. So, and that's the part where when 
when shit's hitting the fan, that's really going to be interesting to see how the pitchers react out of that. And the manager is going to have to walk out there and burn one of the walkouts, or we're just going to have to yank them because we don't have that time to slow things down. Interesting. And how that, how the managers are going to have to deal with the bullpen and guys getting up quicker and trying to get ready within, you know, 10 to 12 pitches to come in the game. So it's, that's the part that's going to be interesting for me right now. I think I want to reserve my judgment until I see how it affects pitchers in key situations, right? Like someone like yeah. Joe, someone like Joe Musgrove, you can tell later in games, he likes to slow down a little bit, right? He tries to kind of save everything for every pitch. And it's pretty hard to analyze something like this when we have our potential starters only going two innings, because it's not going to affect someone who's only thrown 30 pitches, but it's going to affect somebody who's thrown 98 pitches in a tie game against yeah. the Dodgers. Right. And that's when you feel like, oh, no, I have to rush my mechanics. I have to rush my progressions. And that's what you said, Heath, that may have to cause the skipper to have a shorter leash, not only for that game situation, but for for his players health. Right. And I think well, it's not about rushing the mechanics. It's just about, you know, if you're on the rubber to take that first step, that's all you got to do. As long as you got to take that first step and get your legs moving then the clock goes, you know, it's zero. It doesn't matter. You're moving. It's just it's meant that mental part of the game when things aren't going well, or you're like, okay, I got two guys on base. I got one out. I need a strikeout here. So you're, you're, you're thinking more instead of just reacting and going out there, that's going to be the crucial part. So like you said, it's going to be the end of April, May, where we really kind of see is the pitch clock working or not, because you kind of have to be prepared for every option. You just can't Mm -hmm. go up there and go, okay, I need to take a deep breath. I need to take my hat off or whatnot. I just need to calm myself down or call the catcher out. You can't do that anymore about calling the catcher out and just, hey, I just need a breather here. You know, it's a sixth inning or I pitched three days in a row or it's a big situation. Okay, what are we going to do here? So, yeah, you just got to be a little bit more prepared. You can't – like one thing that I love is I'm not going to see pitchers pull out a sheet. What do I throw the guy here and put it back in their pocket because they're not going to have any time to do that. No, no. Well, Heath, in your career, how many times did you remember yourself being gassed on the mound? Like, ugh, I just need a break for a second. Uh, you know, a couple times because, you know, give a couple errors or a couple hits behind you, give up a couple runs. Mm-hmm. Or for me, pitch, pitching multiple days, I would say the third or fourth day I pitched in a row was a little bit more gassed. It took a little bit more time. But like when I pitched, I remember numerous times I would pick three or four times the first base because I would pick two times in a row and the fans would, especially in LA, the fans would really boo me. So I'd go pick again. <laughs> so it's one of those things. Yeah. Or yeah. like I was taught in college when nobody on base, hold the ball, get the pitcher. I mean, get the hitter, disrupt his timing. Cause you know, yeah. you just kind of get up and go hold the ball. So make the, the hitter call time. Like he's taking too long. Now you can't do that anymore. So you kind right. of take that away from the pitchers. Yeah, no, I I, I see what you mean. And my point just to being of, of pitchers getting gassed and rushing it, not necessarily rushing their mechanics, but just rushing their decisions because they got to catch their breath. But all right, I just need to get this pitch over the plate. And then they leave it in the zone and you get taken deep. You know, I mean, that could definitely happen. That's what Major League Baseball wants. They want more offense. They want more stolen bases. I'm going to see if there's more stolen bases this year. More. Oh, I guarantee there will be. The whole pickoff thing, in my opinion, is probably the worst out of all of those. Because I agree. Yeah. Let's say you have two pickoffs per per batter, right? Tatis is on first base. You use your two pickoffs. He knows you're out of pickoff attempts, so you can go the next time. Yeah. Yeah. 
I agree. I think I we'll see how that affects everything. But I, I agree. I think the whole pickoff thing is especially when you have pitchers throwing a first base five times in a row. It, it it's ridiculous. But I want to flip the new rule change to the offensive side. Manny Machado today. He said it jokingly, I'm going to the Hall of Fame for being the first to do this, right? Violation, stepping out of the box. He wanted to push the time and immediately um, called strike one. Before we get into that, let's talk about man, oh man, oh man, because he immediately gets called for strike one and then just rips a base hit to left field. The, the dude hasn't left. You know, he's, he hasn't left anything away, right? Two for two. two for two today, strong defense, picking up from where he was last year. And we talked about it, you know, guys on our last show. He's in a contract year, and I know Heath was big, very bullish that Machado is going to have a monster year. I'm right there with Heath. I mean, I think I think Manny's going to explode. And I mean, look, he was a runner-up in MVP last year, and did we think you can do better than that? Yeah, I think he can. Um, getting all the production in the lineup this year, and of course, as we're talking about a contract year, it's uh, it's going to be really interesting. And look, I want to just be the first to say that I really hope that San Diego Padre fans don't get too defensive about this whole situation and not necessarily scare Manny off. Cause I don't think he's gonna get scared away by fans, but be respectful of the guy, you know, like he's just focused on the season right now and let Peter Seidler and AJ do their jobs and figure out this contract situation and don't go to social media and start ragging on Manny. If he's in a slump or don't start telling you know him that he's selfish. You like, know Padres Twitter, Nick? Is- do you know Padres Twitter? Come exactly. On, I do. I do. And that's why I want to get out in front of it. And I know they're probably not going to listen to me. But look, Heath, I mean, as a professional athlete, you you definitely read the tweets. You definitely see the hecklers. You see the comments. You you hear people what they say. Sure, maybe there's not a ton of effect. But how many times did a certain fan base that you played for make you feel negatively against that team? Well, the funny part is you don't really – read the tweets i mean i wasn't very active and stuff but my wife was and your friends are so you you know what they're saying because right. everybody around you is like hey did you hear what so-and-so and you're like i don't care but it kind of does affect you a little bit you know but I do. you know it's one of those things me personally i wish manny would have just said hey i want to play this season and let's just see what happens you know i i don't want to talk about what blah 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 and then behind the scenes he can be you know negotiating and all that stuff instead of I, I think the one mistake he shouldn't have done was saying hey I'm going to opt out this year he could tell the Padres that and the Padres could know that but he doesn't have to actually verbally tell it right. to everybody so that's the one mistake I think he did but you know out of all the guys that we have you know I would love to see Manny stay here and finish his career and I think he will I really do I mm-hmm. think the Seidler family and They'll they'll get a deal done. I really believe that unless Machado wants the world, you know, money wise, like 50 million a year or something like that. Sure. So, yeah, but it's just <laughs> one of those things. Um, I think Manny's focused on this year and, yeah. and he wants to play this season. And here's the thing, you know, if he has a, you know, MVP season, if he does what I feel like he's going to do better, what he did last year then he's worth that 40 million a year. Mm. You know, hopefully it's not 50 and we can get other guys too to stay. So it's just one of those things. I mean, Manny's got to look at himself in the mirror at the end of the season that I think he's going to have an amazing season and say, Hey, I want as much money as possible. And that's fine with me. Every player is willing to do that, but do you want all the money in the world and then have no support around you? That's one of the things that I'm kind of worried about him. So, um, yeah, it's just it is one of those things. It's it's going to be fine. Yeah. 
My my only thing real quickly is is that I, I agree with everything you said there, Heath. And just to the quick point of Padres fans being annoying and obnoxious when it comes to, you know, ragging on their players and stuff. Look, if I go to a restaurant and the food's great, but there's one server there that pissed me off, I don't ever want to go back to that restaurant again. Yeah, and I know point. that athletes have thicker skin and I know that there's a lot more bad apples when it comes to fans and, you know, restaurant waiters. But if there's enough fans that keep on, you know, knocking him and keep on telling him that he's selfish and whatnot, because I see it on Twitter, like people saying, oh, he's going to walk, let him walk. He's selfish. Stop. Just stop right now. Let the man do his thing. Let the season play out. Yeah. That's as all soon as Manny starts playing and hitting home runs and getting RBIs, yeah, all on. those people on Twitter are going to switch. They're yeah. going to switch. He's my guy. I love that guy. Hey, Heath, same people who are saying, I'm so done with Fernando. He's going to hit his first bomb to left field and everyone's going to be on their knees again. Anyway. Exactly. That's what happens. If Winning changes everything. So, how, how much know, all do the people that are ragging that, you know, all that stuff, it's ill change. How much do you guys think happens with the, I want to go back to the violation because I, I want to spend a little more time on the contract situation a yeah. bit. You know, I don't see that Machado said a quote. I was trying to push it today. I looked up and I thought I had enough time. So it's going to be interesting to see how this affects hitters. Cause you guys remember last year with Juan Soto, he would step out for time a lot and try and find his rhythm and things like that. Do you think hitters are going to forget a lot early in this rule change about, oh, wait, I can't do that Definitely. anymore. I think they're going to lose a lot of strikes in the count. Yeah, I, I think they're going to forget. It's just like your mechanic. I mean, not mechanics. Muscle but memory. Like your, your muscle memory. Yeah. You're programmed your whole career to play a certain way, and it's going to take a time to adjust. Yeah, I think some hitters are going to have time to adjust and this and that, and they're going to make some mistakes. But here's the thing. The good hitters like Manny today is going to be out there and is like, okay, and they're going to be a little bit more focused. So I believe they'll be a little bit more focused, even though Definitely. they get a strike one on them, they're going to be more focused. It's going to be when it's a one, one count. And then all of a sudden they lose focus or something, or they have two strikes and an umpire just goes time. You're out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's I'm waiting for that part to happen mm -hmm. where somebody gets a strikeout and only throws two pitches. Yeah. So we shall see. We shall see. It's going to be interesting. Now I want to switch gears a little bit. 23-year-old Ryan Weathers today. And I know a lot of Padre fans were excited to talk about you know Ryan Weathers. And one thing I noticed before we get into the numbers is he has a very different um, release and, and delivery than what we've seen uh, from years past. He's now bringing the ball in the glove over his head, and hopefully that's kind of affecting his control. There was some good, there was some bad. Weathers was hitting 98 with his fastball today, which was really, really nice to see. And, you know, I thought he was going to get out of the inning and then Juan Soto dropped the ball in the outfield and that kind of led into a lot more damage being done. Now, Weathers allowed three runs, all of them being unearned because of the Soto's mistake, but still a lot of hard contact. So, you know, where do you guys see Ryan Weathers this year? Do you see him making this team? I mean, it's at this point, I know he's still 23, but we're getting to that kind of now or never stage. What, what, what did you like to see from Ryan Weathers this spring training and overall? Well, I liked... His going over his head, it kind of slowed him down. He wasn't rushing. He was rushing a little bit. He, especially after Soto um, dropped that ball, he was throwing a lot of ball one, ball two, and that's why I think he had a lot of um, hard contact hit after him. I mean, he did have some hits beforehand, but it, you know, he threw some good pitches. They were up just a tad, but I think that's normal for spring training. Personally, what I would love to see, sorry, Weathers, 
I don't want you to make the team. I want you to go to AAA. I you. want you to start and really become a starter. I don't want you to make this team because if you make this team, you're going to be in the bullpen. You're never going to start. Your future is going to be in the rele- relieving, learn to be a lefty specialist, long guy. <clears throat> so my future for him, go down there, be the number one starter in AAA. Have a big year in AAA. Somebody, we will call you up and you'll be that starter for us. Yeah, That's I'm with I you. That's the future for him. It's exactly how I feel. Yeah, he needs to, and he needs to have a big year in AAA because you know he he struggled last year. His mechanics were all over the place, and I heard and I was reading that Ruben Niebla and Ryan Weathers they were working very closely together this offseason. I, I think you brought up a great point, Heath. It's like if we want this guy to be a valuable part of our organization, we don't want to just be a long reliever guy that you throw when this team's up five or down five. It's just no, there's little to no value in that role. And maybe at times, hopefully, you can develop him down there. So if a guy gets hurt you have the confidence that Ryan Weathers can at least give you a shot, you know, yep. and, and, and that, and that should be the main thing. So remember Padre fans, he's just 23 years old and you're looking for, you know, a nice year from him in the minors and hopefully can be serviceable for this team. Um, whether that be in the second half or just filling, filling gaps. But I mean, Padre fans, think about it. Do you, you want him to be a starter right now? We have five starters in the big leagues, six, you want him to be our future starting, you know, pitcher. He's not, yep. that's not going to happen this year unless somebody gets hurt. So therefore go down there, develop, be the number one guy in AAA, and then we'll call you up when we need you. He's a lefty not too. Just be happy to be in the big leagues right now. He's a lefty too. Right. And let's, yeah. let's say Blake Snell leaves in free agency. Look at this Padres rotation. It's righty, 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 righty. So it's, it's important that they develop this guy, especially the Padres bigger prospects in their organization. Dylan Lesko is a righty. So they need to hope that they can get this guy and bear fruit from this because it's it's valuable to be a young, controllable, left-handed starting pitcher. So they, they they need to get this kid going, and I have the confidence this this organization will do so. So we shall see. Nick, I know you brought up uh, the Machado deal. What about the Soto deal? So Machado Soto extensions. These have been kind of the the the, the biggest forefront in free agency. We heard Machado say it's February sixteenth. I'm not going to agree to a deal. Do you see any possibility of the Padres working something out with Juan Soto, or is Manny Machado their 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 main to, you know topic of thought? I guarantee you, Manny Machado is the priority right now, and you won't see a deal with Soto until we've figured out what happens with Machado because Soto's still under contract for next year, so time's not running out. Time's running out on Manny. Um, I know that you know he said that he gave the deadline, but. He doesn't have to be in the negotiations. His agents can talk. I'm sure his agents are still talking to Peter Seidler and AJ Preller throughout the season to this point as well. So I don't see Soto getting anything done until at least the off season, if it happens. I mean, I really think he's going to test out for agency. He's curious, you know, as a 24, he'll be 25 years old. You know, he's going to be curious to see who's going to offer him something. Unless he wants to stay here, but like I, I agree with you, they got to figure out what they're going to do with Manny. If Manny, they're not doing anything, they're not, they don't really have a shot. Then we're all in at Soto. So um, right now, that should be the part, the Padres' number one priority. So you know, it's going to be a sad day if if Machado decides to not be a Padre and go to the Mets. But, hey, <laughs> yeah, he's going to go to the Mets. It's, but it's hey, kinda, what if you want back one to the of those Dodgers? <laughs> Padre yeah, fans, don't matters. you know? Let's not put a whole lot of time on this. Let's just turn about getting an MVP season and have the best season so he can take us to the World Series, and that's all we should be worried about right now. 
I feel like this is one of those situations where like you got three women that you that you like that you're talking to and like you want to you don't know which one you want to date and you don't want to pick the wrong one right like you got Shohei who's the who's the girl that like you haven't really started talking to yet but like you have your eye on and then you have Juan who's kind of like the new fling and then Manny's like you know old faithful um and you don't want to blow it so we got to come home with at least one of them my greedy self. <laughs> my greedy self wants two. Why not? Personally, yeah. let's just old come Mormon up with all three of them. <laughs> yeah, just the old Mormon way, you know. I love it. Yeah, let's I go love to it. Utah. <laughs> I love it. No, it's uh, it'll be interesting. I, I know we were talking about a lot of Padre fans being frustrated with Machado, but he's earned every right to opt out. I, I was reading about how Padre fans are like this guy's opting out. He's not loyal. Do you see the freaking money on the market? This guy can. It's about to re up and got what he got five years ago plus. Maybe another hundred million dollars. So you know, if I'm Manny Machado, I'm 100% exercising my right. The Padres gave me this clause in my contract. Of Without course, I'm going to use it. And AJ Preller even said, "Look, we want guys to opt out because it shows that they played so well that they want more money. Like that's the point." Yeah, I think it's it's fine. except Turks and Profar. Regress it. Right. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that just you don't have to tell everybody. That's all. You know. Yeah. You know, because you know, you just you don't want to say things to tick people off, but he has every right to do it, and I think he should do it. It's just, you know, like I hope what Manny's doing right now is just focusing on this year and trying to do the best he can and saying, Okay, in the off season, let's figure it out. You know, we're we gonna stay here or not. I mean, A Rod opt out with the Yankees and stayed with the Yankees. So yeah. It does happen, and I just think it's just one of those things like, you know, you said they're playing so well, they want, you know, you're going to sign a 10-year deal. After a couple of years, these guys are making way more than I am, and I'm doing better than them. I should be able to opt out, but the club should know that and be able to pay these guys. It's just I think we have a chance, and the hard part for all the Padre fans out there is we have a chance to, you know, there's two guys that we have and there's three that are possible with Otani. So it's like, I think we're kind of starting to get greedy a little bit. It's like, we want the third one 100%. too. We want all of them. Heath, Heath, I got a question for you. Does winning a world series make Padres ownership more inclined to re-sign someone like Machado to a big deal or less inclined since they've already achieved their goal? It's interesting, right? It, it, it just depends where the ownership is trying to do. Are they trying to win one World Series? Or are they trying to be a dynasty? You know, they do they want to win two or three in a row? Do they want to be the Chicago Bulls of the 80s and 90s? Do they want to be the Yankees of the late 90s where they won every single year? Or are they just trying to win one? You know, so interesting. I think that's where the ownership has to figure it out. Do they want to be a dynasty where everybody in the country is like a San Diego Padre fan? <laughs> And they want their team to be worth, you know, billions of dollars. Or do they just want to win a World Series and just be happy with that? Like kind of like the St. Louis Rams did. And then, you know, what L.A. Rams did. And then they sucked. Look, so, just got to get that first one. Once you get over the hump, the sky's the limit, right? You just get over the hump. And saw with the Astros, man, unfortunately, they had to cheat to get it. But, you know, now well, they're I mean, on their Look at the Yankees. Yankees years ago were really yeah. good. Then they kind of were horrible for years until the 90s. And then the Red Sox, too. They were horrible forever. And as soon as they got that one, but they kept their team together and they just kept doing it. So, you know, we'll see. It's just where the ownership, what do the owners want to do? You know, that's really the key. 
So a few more things to go down the list as, as we, you know, break down this first spring training game, you know, one thing I want to talk about is is who's going to make a real impact here, right, for the Padres, some of these new pitchers that they got. We saw Jay Groom today, who the <laughs> Padres got in that Hosmer deal, you know, went in inning in two-thirds, you know, did have that walk, did allow two hits, but also looks pretty good, you know, had a couple strikeouts. It's going to be interesting to see kind of what role, you know, he plays with the Padres. I, I really see him and Ryan Weathers kind of being, you know, the, some real competition here. Like, I think I see there's one roster spot between those guys. Nick, is, was there anything particular from Groom or just in general? general that that's kind of sticking out to you with this whole you know positional battle yeah i mean look i was excited when we got that for hosmer honestly that that's a huge win for us got rid of hosmer and got a guy who used to be a former top prospect so i like the resurgence you know story of him you know figuring it out with a brand new pitching coach and a brand new organization let's you know see what he can do you know i don't think he should make the roster either i think it's the same situation with ryan weathers he's a young guy go be the ace in triple a you know go go shut down the triple a organizations and and uh, lineups out there and prove yourself and then you know you're a piece of the rotation when Blake Snell leaves maybe you know and when we don't have Nick Martinez or when you Darvish retires eventually like these guys are so young there's so much time you know and I I you know allude to this all the time DeGrom didn't make his start till he was 27 years old so like it takes time yeah, I, I, I'm in the same boat. I think these are our future. I think they could help the team this year, but I don't really want them to make the roster out of opening day. And Sorry, guys, if you're listening to this, but I want you here for the next 10 years. I want you to possibly help out this year and then be the future next year or you know the year after that. So I'm looking for you guys to be the future of the pods, just not the Padres opening day mid-season to end you're going to be here helping us out but i could see you making opening day next year and be one of the main guys on the team so just go out there and prove yourself and go be that stud in triple a and show them everybody that you should be in the big leagues and you will yep one thing about baseball padre fans is we get baseball every day so tomorrow we're running it back. Padres, White Sox, quick preview. Seth Lugo to make his debut for the San Diego Padres. I know Heath's just buzzing, getting ready to watch this Seth Lugo start. No, in all seriousness, it's going to be important to see kind of what he does, goes up against Lance Lynn. You know, Heath, put on your managerial cap for me. You're Bob Melvin. What what are you looking for, like, in spring training? Because for, for with the championship-built roster, you know – basically your roster makeup. So what is Melvin looking for anything specific watching Seth Lugo pitch tomorrow? Is there anything to look out for? I think there he's looking for Lugo to be consistent, you know, to see what, what's he going to do, but also during spring training, I'm going to see what he does in a situation where he's got runners on base and no outs or whatnot. Can he get out of the jams and whatnot? That's what I'm really looking at because it's easy when, you know, early on you're just throwing strikes or you can say, well, my first inning, I just want to throw a lot of fastballs and changeups. I don't want to throw my breaking ball or I'm working on inside this and that. And you got to give some veterans a little leeway, but what, what's going to happen after you have that first bad game, you know, that's kind of, if I was a manager right now. I'm kind of hoping some guys get some bad games in them sure. you know, pitching wise. Cause I want to see how you react. I want to see how that next inning is. Can you, can you make that inning not give up two runs and three runs? You just only give up one run, so never make an inning a big inning. Because if you go pitch five innings, give up five runs, but one inning, one run per inning, 
it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Five runs really sucks, but let's just see. Are you consistent? Are you not? Are you, you only good do good when you have your good stuff? What is it like when you have your bad stuff? So I still feel like I would put some money on. He's only going to get about five, six starts this year and then probably move to the pin. So, you know, weathers and those guys in the minor leagues be ready. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, you know, enticed. I want to see what can happen. Um, obviously I'm rooting for him. I want him to succeed cause I want everyone to succeed. Um, but we'll see, look, the, there's a lot of depth. We're, we're sitting here in February and I honestly did not expect to have this much pitching depth. It was we're something lo- that we're was, loaded, man. Yeah. We're, I mean, look, now. We, yeah. We have Waka still. I honestly, I want him to be our fifth starter. Um, now we have Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels. I about to say Cole Hamels. Um, <laughs> Let's make a prediction. How long is he going to be a San Diego Padre for? You think he makes it to the end of the season, guys? Uh, I mean, yes. There's no room for you him don't to think start. He gets DFA'd? I don't think he's going to no, start. I think he'll stay here and then eventually get called up somewhere down the road because we'll need a lefty. I think he just is just riding the team for a ring, just kind of tagging along on the That's bus. That's why I think he's doing. We love know, that. So I'd be doing the same thing if I was a lefty. Yeah, making a million dollars. Older, right? Like Nelson Cruz, million dollars. Let's... I'm actually gonna have a role. Let let's let's get a ring here. So well, yeah. Nelson's gonna actually contribute. He he yeah he will. It's good to see him. Good to see him at the plate today. I don't think he got a knock, but the eye surgery went well. So I'm I'm pumped to watch Nelly Cruz. I thought Xander Bogarts went deep in that first at bat. He crushed the ball to center too. field. I was I was jumping like ah, oh, but especially Arizona, the ball flies. Yeah, so yeah. This one was probably blowing in today. I'm excited to watch Jackson Merrill tomorrow though. Previewing tomorrow, like that's where everyone's eyes are on and and. Again, he's not going to make the big league club, but if this guy's a ridiculous spring, they could they could put him on like a very accelerated track. So, man, it's uh, we're here, gentlemen. We've made it. We have made it, and it's uh, uh, opening days in a month. I, I I can't believe it. So, how how excited. exciting is everybody right now? I mean, we got to get the first game. Padres got we got you know I was real worried about pitching. Now we got pitching. We have hitting. There's so much to talk about, and it's just it's it's exciting to be a fan. It's, it's exciting it's almost, to be, you know, Padre fan. I mean, it's just it's amazing. It, you can't really put it into words how excited you are. Do you guys uh, kind of feel like it's a little too good to be true? Yes, <laughs> yes. It's kind of feel like I'm dreaming right now. Yeah, I think just as Padre fans, we've always just we're so used to mediocrity and we're so used to the teams that were fielded in years past, but look, you have to look at the, the, the facts now, like it's a new regime, new ownership, you know, obviously these are brand new players. So this is maybe that really care about the team in the city. This is the tide that is turning finally. So just waiting for something to explode because it's like, that's so typical Padres fashion, but look, it doesn't happen. Then look, we're, we're on the road to success and winning our first world series. Yep. Let's make it happen. And guys, make sure you guys go check us out on wherever you listen to your audio, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us a download, subscribe, leave a rating. Um, it's going to be a wild year on Ring the Bell. Um, and uh, yeah. it's, uh, hopefully we win 140 games, huh? Yeah, make sure uh, you guys subscribe because we're going to do some giveaways this year and it's going to be exclusive to subscribers. Cool. That's Nick Kreider. That's Heath Bell. <laughs> I'm Born and Desire, everybody. We're signing out. Peace. No pods. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.